So today, we are talking about a subject that you don't necessarily wake up excited in the morning to tackle. Yet, I can't stress enough the importance of dealing with this subject. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to this episode of Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly and practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who actually gives you the power to increase and gives you the power to thrive and actually be an agent of transformation in your family, in your community, and in your city. My name is Bol Kere, your host, and uh, you can catch up on past episodes of this show by going on chri.ca or thrive1110.ca. That's thrive1110.ca. And today we are talking about a subject that is not necessarily a fun subject for most people. It's a subject that you don't wake up excited to tackle, and we're talking about estate planning. So when we talk about estate planning, many people uh, immediately think of death and taxes. But uh, we're going to see today that there's way more than that when we talk about estate planning. And to help us with this subject, we have our guest today, a very special guest, Lorne Jackson. Welcome, Lorne. Thank you, Bold. It's uh, great to be with you today. So, Lorne is an author. He wrote the book, After the Faith Decision, All Else is Stewardship. And uh, it's my honor to have Lorne on this show for the second time. You can go back and catch up the first time he was here talking about stewardship in general. And uh, today, Lorne is going to help us talk about estate planning. Lorne is, uh, like I was saying, uh, uh, an author. He's a speaker. He's the president of CNCF. That's the Canadian National Christian Foundation. And he's a mentor to people like myself. He's my mentor. And uh, I would like to say that he is most of all a child of God, a disciple of Christ. And uh, Lord, would you mind telling us a bit about CNCF before we dive into the subject? Well, yeah, sure. It's uh, my pleasure to do that. In fact, uh, it's been a fun ride. In 2000, let's see, in 2001, I left the for-profit world. I had been a broker-dealer in the financial planning world and uh, sold that and was leaving there in 2001. And I took a year off and, and looked to the Lord as to what am I supposed to do next? And uh, I ended up starting the Canadian National Christian Foundation in 2002, actually October of 2002, and uh, still serve as a volunteer there yet as the president of the organization. We are... Um, I, I like to say we're there to help Christians be more effective and more efficient in their giving. Uh, so we have people who use the foundation because it's uh, a good way for them to give anonymously. It might be that they want to give real estate. It might be that they want to give public stock. Sometimes it's not just cash they're giving. And we can be the conduit for them to do that between them and the charity they wish to give it to. So that's... Uh, that's a little bit about what CNCF does, and I'll just maybe leave it there. 
Right. And we, 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 we will talk about CNCF again a little later uh, in this episode, but let's dive right into the subject of estate planning. And the thing is, like I was saying, most people are not really excited about this subject. Um, and uh, it's, it, to my mind, it's something that we should all be considering and making sure is checked, and uh, especially business owners, entrepreneurs. And would you mind telling us, Lon, why we should actually care about estate planning? Yeah, so <clears throat> first thing I would like to, to mention is that according to the Government of Canada website, 58% of Canadians do not have a valid will. So that, that concerns me greatly because that means over half of Canadians have not put any thought together as to what's going to happen to all of those assets that the Lord has entrusted to them uh, when it comes to their turn to graduate to heaven. When you graduate to heaven and you leave it all behind, because you do, uh, I've never seen yet a hearse drawing a U-Haul, so you're, you're going to be leaving it all behind. And uh, even that stuff you got in storage, that's going to be left behind as well. So it would be important to make plans for that. And yet 58% of Canadians do not have a valid will. Uh, well, they might, in fact, some of them, I do a lot of webinars with uh, Canadians and talking about estate planning, and I find that sometimes they don't even have a will. Well, maybe some of you listening today don't have a will. Well, I got some good news and some bad news. You do have a will. And that's the good news and the bad news. The, the, the bad part of that is you may not like what it says because every province in Canada has its uh, intestate rules, which just simply means the fact that uh, you're, uh, you don't have a will and you've died without a will, then that means you died intestate. And, and the rules for that are a little strange, so you may not, that may not do what you wanted to have done. For example, uh, in Ontario... The rules would be that the first 200000 would go to your spouse and the remainder would be split between your spouse and your children, depending on how many children you have. So, and it's pretty much, it's very similar to that in other provinces. Sometimes it's like BC is 300000 and and the provinces change a little bit in the amount that your spouse would get up front. But the splitting with your family, your children, would be what happens next. And uh, that may not be what you want. And here's the other problem. If a person tries to do uh, get by without a will, the chances that their estate will end up in the courts are pretty high. So it may take a long time for your family to get any of the assets that they may need to live off of. Uh, Bo, let me just tell a quick story. I remember talking to um, a, a farm lady, <coughs> farm lady who whose husband had passed very suddenly. He did not have a will. It was a dairy farm. And uh, she was two years before she could get access to any of the money from the sale of the milk that they were selling as a dairy farm. Why? Because his estate with no will was tied up in courts. And for two years, she had no income and had to uh, borrow money, try to get by. So going without a will is not a good idea. So people should care really because there's a, a, a by default will, <laughs> which is, which is the, the will that the government has prepared for you in case you don't have one that you intentionally prepared. And that will by default is not necessarily what you want, uh, what you, you, you'd want to, 
to have taking place um, after you're gone. And it can have really, really serious implication, consequences, financial consequences for your loved ones after you, you've gone. Because like you said, in many cases, it, 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 it goes to court and that can take months, if not maybe years, to settle. Years, yeah. So that's, that's one of the reasons why really we should be caring about estate planning. Um, but maybe it, it, uh, I want to backtrack here a bit uh, with actually what is even considered or what's the definition, what's a practical definition of estate planning. Yeah, so I like to say it this way. We plan, we plan a lot of things in life. We plan uh, vacation trips. We plan uh, Christmas parties. We plan uh, all kinds of events, summer vacations, etc. But very often we don't ever plan <clears throat> for the distribution of all that God has entrusted to us once we leave this earth. And and the real catch is you probably have one more beneficiary in your in your estate than you knew. Most of us have one more beneficiary in our estate than we thought about. And that one more beneficiary is the Canada Revenue Agency. Yeah, the tax department. So, and, and you know, um, Forbes magazine in 2018 did a survey on estate plans. And they found that those without an estate plan, 70% failed to meet the objectives of those leaving it behind. Now, you might say, well, how would you know? Because they're already dead. Well, yes, you know when you see that the family's fighting over the assets or, or that, uh, like uh, the farmer that I just talked about, or another situation that I saw once where a couple had left their vacation property. They actually, actually had a cottage up north of Toronto, and they left that to their kids because they wanted the kids to use that when they were gone. And uh, lo and behold, the tax on that was so high the executor actually had to sell the cottage to pay the tax. So mom and dad, uh, if they could have come back, they would have been very disappointed to see that that didn't turn out the way they had hoped. And I think that's why 70% fail. So if you do a plan, you do some planning about what assets would be best to give to my kids. What assets would be best to leave to charity? And, and how much does the tax department get involved in my estate, in my will? Uh, that would help a lot because then you can uh, plan those kind of things out to be most efficient. Also, so you just gave another reason, Lorne, as to why really we should care and what are the potential problems when we are not intentional about uh, estate planning and having a proper will done. Is that without realizing we have a, a de facto beneficiary uh, that could actually end up getting the most, um, getting the best part of our estate rather than the people to whom we actually uh, wanted to give something. And, and, and I hope as you're listening to this out there that this is uh, something that you're receiving and I hope that you can see the potential issues. We definitely don't have the time to go into all the details um, in this episode regarding why estate planning is important. But I, but I hope you can start to see. And, and I know uh, some people also have maybe uh, children or, 
or family members out of the provinces or even out of the country and uh, without proper estate planning an intentional process uh, these things can also be very messy can you tell us a bit about that yeah i would i'm glad you brought that up because uh Many times we make our children our executor. Now, first of all, let me back up a little bit and say uh, I talk to a lot of people who have wills, but they're out of out of uh, they've been left too long. It's been it's been too long since they updated them, and they may uh, have guardians for their children, and their children are now thirty or forty years old. Obviously, need to change. So that would be an important thing to consider to make sure you keep your will up to date. Uh, and I think that when any change takes place, like, uh, you know, your children are grown, uh, your, uh, maybe you've had a death in the family, or maybe you've had uh, a big move to a different uh, part of the country, or maybe you have had, uh, you know, bought a new business or sold a business. All of those things say you really probably should look at your will again and make sure it's uh, up to date and current. Uh, but, but I think... Um, when it comes to our children, we often make one, one or more of our children our executor. Now, if you haven't done a will, an executor is kind of like the trustee on your will. So they're the person who distributes the assets to the beneficiaries that you have chosen. And they might be a beneficiary themselves or they might not be. But uh, if you have chosen an executor for your will and that person doesn't live in Canada, I would strongly encourage you to change your executor. Because uh, if, you're, if you're like me, my son, our son lives in uh, Tennessee, uh, he is not an executor on my will, and for good reason, because if he were, it would create all kinds of tax issues for him in the United States, tax issues against my, my estate, and also legal tangle. So uh, you don't want an executor that lives in another uh, country. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and then... I would also add this. Proverbs 20.21 says, An inheritance obtained too early will not be a blessing in the end. Now, what does that mean? What do you think that God was trying to tell us there? I think that he's trying to tell us that uh, an inheritance obtained too early means I haven't prepared the next steward. Have I talked to my kids as they were growing up about our giving? Have I gotten them involved in giving? Uh, have I gotten them involved in the giving of the things that I give to, or do they at least know what I give to? Uh, I, I think those things are important, and, and, uh, and understanding how to handle money. Have, I, have we ever talked about money, or is it a taboo subject in our home? If it's not talked about, well, then guess what? They're not going to learn much, and uh, they may very well someday uh, obtain a, an inheritance too early, and then it's not a blessing in the end. And, of course, none of us want that. So I would uh, strongly encourage that we involve our kids uh, in our giving and that they know what's going on uh, a little bit with us and, and maybe maybe even uh, do some giving with them. Find out what they're interested in and join them and do some giving along with them. Uh, if they're giving to a particular charity, maybe you want to join them in that just so that they uh, feel like this is a family thing that we're doing. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lorne. As you were talking about families, this thought came to mind. I know that in some families, relationships are not really simple. 
are not really easy. There could be blended families or even just uh, families with, let's say, kids from the same dad and the same mom. And there are tensions between the siblings or between the children and the parents. Or maybe one children doesn't share the values of the parents. And then it creates all sorts of uh, uh, issues and questions regarding uh, how these people are going to go about leaving things to the next generation. Um, so these are also areas of concern that, that some may have in thinking about estate planning. Is anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I would say uh, there's a couple things I'd say about that. One is that's all the more reason that it's important to have an updated current will. Uh, and it might also mean that you need to set up a trust. And we won't get into trusts here today because that's a little more complicated. But um, sometimes in a second marriage, it's a good idea to have a spousal trust, uh, which just protects the money so that the, the surviving spouse actually uh, receives the income they need. And then I, another thing I would say is... Uh, there's only there's many ways to transfer money to the next generation. Now, in fact, I'm thinking of four right now. The first one would be beneficiary designation. So if you have an RRSP or you have a TFSA, tax-free savings account, uh, you would have a beneficiary name on it. Well, as long as that beneficiary is a name, a person's name, that transfers directly to them outside of your will. It does not require probate. It does not require any of those costs. It just goes directly uh, without any involvement of other people. So <clears throat> I strongly encourage that. And, and in fact, uh, you should know that uh, beneficiary designations like that trumps your will. So no matter what your will says, if, you're, if your beneficiary designation says something different, that's what it's going to do. So if you have a life insurance policy, uh, an RRSP or TFSA, and I'll throw one more in segregated fund. Now, what in the world is that? A segregated fund is typically, I would call it a mutual fund, but it's held by a life insurance company. And you can actually have a named beneficiary on it. You could literally transfer all of your assets, cash assets, into a segregated fund, have that paying you an income as long as you live, and then the residue, whatever's left over, uh, by beneficiary designation directly to your whoever you want to give it to and not uh i hate i hate to say this but you almost don't even need a will if that's all you had because it it is an automatic it passes outside of your estate so uh, i like beneficiary designations because they trump your will so that's number one number two is uh joint ownership so you own your house together with your spouse then it automatically transfers to your spouse so that's a second way uh, and your bank accounts, of course, as well. Our, my wife and I have our bank accounts joint. And then a third way would be uh, you could do it through your will. And that, of course, then uh, we've talked quite a bit about wills and estates. My fourth is my favorite. What is my fourth? My fourth is do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. Yeah, do your giving now. Uh, both. So here's the question. Let me repeat that again. Do your living, no, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And, and guess what? When you do that, we don't have any rules in Canada as to how much money you could give your children while you're alive. There's no, there's no tax implications on giving them money. Uh, so you could give them money now. 
If you have more than enough for retirement, why not start to give it now? Why wait till you die to give it to them? This way you get to see them use it and benefit from it. Uh, let me give you an example. One of the things we did with our kids is we helped them pay off their mortgages. And I would say, every time you put a dollar on their principal, I'll match it until you get that paid off. And our kids have no mortgages on their homes. Uh, thank the Lord for that. But, but those are kind of things that you could do. Uh, and then the other one would be you get to see charity use it now rather than wait until you're gone. So I like doing your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. That's uh, that's a good way of putting it. Now, that brings us to uh, uh, this section in our show that I like to call Let's Get Practical. Bold. Let's Get Practical. So I realize that we've already talked about a few th practical things that you could do uh, that Lon just shared. For example, the, the designation of beneficiaries inside some of your accounts, um, using uh, segregated funds wherever possible and appropriate um, to actually uh, still go in this idea of uh, designated, designated beneficiaries, uh, talked about... Uh, uh, Do your, <laughs> Lord, can you help us with that again? Do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. <laughs> exactly. Now, in terms of uh, people listening and wanting to, to actually be serious and tackle their estate planning, or we could even call it their legacy planning, what are the things they should be doing? What are the practical steps they could be taking right now? Well, I usually encourage that you uh, connect with an estate planner, and I know a really good one. His name is Bold Carey. Um, but I, but I, and I do know that Bold does this kind of thing, but I, I, I would encourage that before you update or even create a will uh, because you need to sit down and think through some of these things. And to be very practical, you may have... Uh, you may be in a second marriage where you need to consider the trust kind of situation, uh, or you may have a disabled child where you need a Hanson trust uh, to protect them from losing their um, disability pension. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons why it would be good to plan those things out ahead of time, and then take that to your lawyer to update your will. So I know Bold didn't know I was going to say this, but uh, I think he is an excellent estate planner because I've seen some of his work, and I would uh, strongly encourage you to contact an estate planner, and they're not easy to find. So there you got one. Thank you very much, Lord. And, and I want to say, while we're talking about this, if you are um, a supporter of CHRI, uh, you, you're donating to CHRI, Uh, one thing that you could do is have some of this estate planning work done complementary for you. So you wouldn't have to pay any fee to have a, a general, at least basic level of estate planning done for you. And for most people, that will be more than enough. Um, helping you actually get ready and uh, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's before you go to see the lawyer. So there's an opportunity for you to uh, connect with e either CHRI or Advisors with Purpose. Advisors with Purpose to uh, book an appointment to have one of the estate advisors help you with a plan. 
that will really help you get going. So that's very important. So if you are a donor supporting CHRI um, uh, with a monthly donation or you're donating time to time and you are in the database of CHRI, reach out to them, CHRI, or advisors with purpose to get help uh, complementary with your estate planning. Um, Lon, there's um, uh, uh, something that I'd like you to touch on, if possible, regarding um, business owners with estate planning. What are some specific considerations that we can uh, um, bring on the table for people who own private shares of companies? Yeah, um, you could. Uh, that's a very good question. I think for the business owner, we have a number of business owners who will use CNCF uh, to do some of their giving, and you can actually donate private shares of your own corporation uh, to a foundation like CNCF and get a tax receipt for that. And then uh, that as those shares grow in value or as your company grows in value, we have donors who have done that where they will uh, gift a bunch of shares of their private corporation and then they will um, uh, actually have their, and this is kind of estate planning I'm getting into here, but then they'll have their kids buying those shares back from their uh, foundation and when they do that, of course, mom and dad now can give the cash out of those shares that were bought back. They can give that cash to their favorite charities. So it gives the mom and dad a charitable receipt or the corporation, in this case, a, char a charitable receipt. And then uh, the kids who are now taking over the corporation are uh, buying those shares back so that they own the corporation. And mom and dad gradually wind their way out over a period of years. And, uh, and also get to do their giving over that. So, and it, it shelters the gain. Here's the thing. If you give uh, public stock to a, pro a public foundation like we are, uh, you can uh, shelter the gain. So the gain on that public stock does not get taxed to you at all. And in fact, you get a tax, uh, tax credit for the full amount, even though you know, maybe the gift is a hundred grand, and you only paid twenty-five for the stock. Well, you get a receipt for twenty-five or for a hundred instead of twenty-five. So there are some things like that that uh, we can do to help a corporation and help the owner of that corporation uh, with their tax issues and their giving. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me. Uh, yes, that you could go to uh, info at advisorswithpurpose.ca and request an estate plan there and just happen to mention that you heard it on CHRI and we'll do an estate plan for you at no cost. So that's info at, C, uh, info at advisorswithpurpose.ca and then just mention CHRI and we'll do a free estate plan for you. That's it. And the advisors there is with an O, not an E. So advisorswithpurpose.ca, info at advisorswithpurpose.ca. And one other quick tip that I want to give to those of you out there who maybe are considering several charities that you want to, to bless. And uh, maybe you're thinking, well, today I'm considering charity A, charity B, charity C, but tomorrow that might change because I want to add another charity, etc. 
foundations like CNCF, the Canadian National Christian Foundation, actually can help you facilitate that process of giving to several charities without you having the burden to name them all in your um, estate documents and uh, and have the, uh, the 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 and have to be reminded to update every time there's a change with all the costs that it incurs to go back to see the lawyer make these changes, etc. There's an easy way to use a foundation like the Canadian National Christian Foundation so that your giving can be really simplified. And again, reach out. Uh, reach out to me either through uh, thrive1110.ca or like uh, you heard, if you're a supporter of CHRI, info at advisorswithpurpose.ca and we will help you um, get your estate planning going and answer some of these questions for your particular situation. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. So we're getting um, towards the end of this episode here. Uh, Lon, any last word that you want to say? I know that it's a really rich subject that we can't cover all in one, but is there any uh, last thing you want to say regarding estate planning? No, I think the, the main thing I would say is we don't want to end up in that 70% that failed when it comes our turn for our wills to be read. So I would encourage people to do a plan first. That's all. Thank you very much, Lorne. So thank you for uh, being tuned in and listening to this episode. I hope that you'll take action so you can do it. Just do it. You can do it. Don't just listen, but be a doer also. So um, I appreciate you being here next week. At the same time, on the same station, we are going to continue um, uh, to give you tips, Bible-friendly tips on business and money so you can thrive. And um, if you want to say hi, go to Thrive1110, that's Thrive1110.ca or chri.ca. Leave a comment, ask a question, just say hi. It's always appreciated. This is Thrive1110 and I'm Bull Kerry, your host. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.